0: Sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. The main thing I wanted to get to is Rutgers won. Rutgers won their first game in what football? Oh, okay. <laughs> for, <laughs> for all you youngsters Spock, out there, I only,
1: right? I only ask because I know the lacrosse. Men, what are you talking about? Their dominant team has been dominant the last four or five years. <laughs>
0: All right, everybody, welcome out to the Logger Room. It is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Jersey Johnny coming at you, and with me as always are Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnut. Say hello, guys.
1: Hello, guys. Hello. Hello, hello, hello.
0: Uh, we are here, as always, on Wednesday night. Uh, it is just after 7 o'clock, and we're going to get started with some NFL for you straight out of the gate. What? Um, yeah, why not?
1: Well, we never do NFL first.
0: Oh, no. That's right. All right, so all right.
1: it up.
2: Badminton, there's is there wait, wait is there a Thursday <laughs> night postponed to Monday night Wednesday night game
0: tonight? No, th- Thursday night's game has actually been postponed to Friday morning. Oh, okay, yes. 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 So well, course, 9 course nine
2: postponed. thirty-five. That's right. It's being it's being uh tel- it's being broadcast by Hoda. <laughs> H-
0: Hoda. Yes, and, yeah, uh, Jenna, yeah, they, and Jenna Bush. Well, well, no, Kathy Lee's actually coming back on. For this She's segment. coming back. Yeah, 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 yeah they're going yeah. to be
1: interviewing the coaches on the sidelines.
0: Exactly. So.
1: First, it was postponed till a little bit later Thursday night.
0: Right. Kathy, then Kathy it Lee. then
1: the Friday
2: morning, and they figured, we'll get right. Kathy Lee in there. Yeah, Kathy exactly. Lee invented a Chardonnay-infused <laughs> mask that she can uh, use to interview people.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of masks, actually, I just got these the other day. I did not open them up yet. There you go. Wow. Whoa, now, th- those, that. Were,
2: those were actually done pre COVID just to hide your face when you go to a Giants game.
0: <laughs> this is true. Now they actually work better for you. That's right. You know what would
1: be great if Kathy Lee would uh, get on the sidelines wearing a Frank Kifford mask?
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, do, they you they know
1: do the interviews that way. Yes.
0: Well, you know, yes. I heard after being together for so long, you start to look like each other, and Kathy <laughs> Lee and Frank looked nothing like each other. They really didn't resemble each other at all. No. No. no.
1: I, I still, I would like to see her in a Gifford
2: mask. Uh, we'll I pre- think that would be, that would be is ratings
0: gold. I think we should actually push for that. The, G- the
2: Gifford mask is uh, one of the hottest sellers on Etsy right now. So.
0: <laughs> it is. Uh, only with the bedazzled size, though.
2: I would like to do a, a poll um, uh, <laughs> of, et- of people who are on Etsy actively, of how many actually know who Frank Gifford is. I would guess it would be <laughs> one one-hundredth of a percentage.
0: If, if, if there was one person on Etsy. Yes. Uh,
2: yeah,
1: would. I think that would, that would be the bet. Would it be more than one? let's say 1%, right. or more than a
2: half a percent. And, and, no, it would be less than a half percent, and that less than half percent would just would
0: say that it was their favorite Backstreet Boy. <laughs> Frank Gifford, wasn't he involved in that 1980s movie, uh, Fletch? He's still going back too far, John, for Etsy users. This is know, they, were, they were all born in 2000. <laughs> this is true. This is And true.
1: that's what we call football talk, folks. And
0: that's football talk, folks. So, uh, Cheers. You, cheers. Yes, cheers. Uh, so we
1: want to – oh, yeah, I have a a container yeah. of water. Big Brought container. to you
0: by – Brought to you by Smyrna Vodka.
2: And J.P. Morgan. Morgan. There we go. An unofficial sponsor of the water. That's league. right. Podcast. you give us $300,000 a year, we'll give you a water bottle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good water bottle, though, in all honesty. Yeah. BPA,
2: BPA top, freight. BPA. It was great
0: until
1: to the top broke off. So That's absolutely. right. Oh, well.
0: All right. Well, speaking about the Giants – and Frank Gifford, no. Um, well, you know what? I, hey, they beat Seattle. This is the first time they beat a team. This is the first. It was the first time. It was the first game this year that any team in the NFC East beat a team with a winning record, right? and and a good team at that. Not just barely a winning record. Um, are are they there yet? I mean, was it They're, a fluke?
2: Their defense is there, and I would say no, only because now. Look, will they play that great well again against a good team? maybe not. I mean they almost the defense almost played a perfect game. Right. Uh, but the but that the defense has been looking good the last three or four weeks and yeah. you, you know the other thing is that whatever they did to shake up the, the change at the offensive line coach has uh, and and the fact that they they know that they don't have they have a backup quarterback in there. The offensive line to me also gets really high grades. So yeah. the, the defense played great. The special teams was not great, but The Giants' offensive line did enough to control the ball and protect their weaknesses on the offensive side, and the Giants' defense looked like a top-five defense, which they have been since Week Nine.
0: Yeah, they're top-five defense. Had a comment here. Matt Potenski says they actually ran the ball too.
2: Well, yeah, it's old-school Giants football. You you know, it's 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 a winning formula. It seems to have worked for many many years in the NFL. It's amazing, sort of rediscovered. Yeah. Yeah.
0: well, you said about the defense. I mean, Leonard Williams was uh, was named the NFC uh, NFC Defensive Player of the Week uh, for for this past uh, week, obviously, of football. And the um, Jets
1: say you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although, let's be fair, he never would have been the same player had he stayed with the Jets. Not at all. Not at all. That he is. And, and, and look, he's not necessarily Hall of Fame bound, but boy, he seems like he's got the goods. And, oh, yeah. They, uh, the, the giants are a team on the way up you know yeah. uh, they're, they're getting better in just about every facet yeah their defense was i think spectacular especially their secondary i mean russell wilson had time you know they they were not necessarily getting to him quickly and he had time, well, they, they, got he had bunch, had time. they got to him
0: a bunch they got to him a bunch but a did, lot of time he did have time took yeah
1: a long time and he had time and he had time and he had time right. and still there was no one open and he it spun did. around and ran over here and then and eventually they you know would he would throw it away or they would catch it. The defense was spectacular. They and, just look quicker
2: and they look quicker and real quick to the ball whenever yeah. whoever had it, they were
1: they were quick to get to it. and
2: and they're using their athleticism on the defensive line. They're running a lot more stunts and movement as opposed to just a direct straight ahead bull rush. And it's throwing the offensive line off. and it's also, you know it's with a quarterback like Wilson and other quarterbacks in this league. It's about not only getting to him, but getting containing him and and getting making him throw the ball over you, and that's what they did. And when he did bounce to the outside, they were there. So it was a great defensive game. Look for a team that's, you know, was a couple weeks ago we were talking about potentially having a, a winless season. Right. There's. It's hard to believe that. Okay, all of a sudden the Giants are you know, legitimate in this sense.
0: In the last seven oh, games, they've gone five and two. Yeah,
2: yeah, but it's not all of a sudden. No. You know, I mean, they, they but, were, they were 0 and five, right? But I, but think. I do think
0: five and they've gone five and two.
2: I do think their defense is at this point right now, I think their defense is somewhere between number five and number 10 in the league. Yeah, and, and, and that's enough for them to win games against legitimate teams now. And, and that's
1: even, you know, with Colt McCoy certainly didn't have a good day, but they were able to run the ball and they were able to keep him out of enough situations where he might be prone to make mistakes that they were able to get a win out of it yeah and here here's pew, the pew. here's the thing
2: when 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 pew, when pew, the pew. Op-
1: say that when you say Colt McCoy you gotta pew, say pew, that, yeah.
2: when the offensive line knows that hey we're going to be running the ball more than than we normally are we're going to be throwing it a third of the times that we normally would that's just that's a sign of whether either an offensive line is going to step there's nothing more than an offensive line wants to do than to know that for most of the game I'm going to be going right at that person across from me and I'm going to blow open a hole for my running back. Right. It and and the Giants offensive line looks I mean they've improved 50 60% since they, the beginning of the year.
0: They really have. And you know if if, if what uh what, what Joe Judge did with Mark Colombo and the firing and bringing in uh Dave DeGouliano uh, you know that was that was genius you know, and I know he was getting involved in it before he brought into gugliamo, but uh he uh you know he he hey look he made the right moves and it, it's it's a lot of people have been saying it, and i agree uh the the coaching here is is what's is what's doing right i mean, because there's a lot of players hey right that were on this team last year that are still there uh, and there's some new blood and everything else obviously they 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 made some good off season moves especially defense with uh, with um, uh, Blake Martinez and Kyle Fackrell and yeah, uh, Lo- Logan fan. Ryan, Martinez Logan- is fantastic. Yeah, he's 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 a monster. He's insane. Um, but uh, but you know the, the the coaching is really really good, and you know I mean Pete Carroll even said it after the game. He says they're well coached and and they've been playing great football. I don't think
2: that I don't think, they, I, don't think
0: mm-hmm. the, I, I, I don't give their offensive. Play
2: calling anything better than what it was. They're, they've simplified it, yeah, and, and they're running the ball quickly yeah. and hitting the hole. And the holes are there now. They might not get eight yards a pop. They might be getting three and a half. Sure, but if you get three and a half, you got a first down. Well, I think and, I, I, and that and that's what they're doing. And so I, I you know, I, I don't really think The Giants play calling is any, they had to simplify it. No,
0: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving kudos to to, to Garrett or anything else. I'm giving yeah. kudos to Garrett for simplifying it and, and whatever he did that's it's working. But the, I think the props go to the defense playing at an amazing level right now and the offensive line gelling and, and actually playing good football. And, uh, and it's very, you know, I mean, they always had a, a running game, right? I mean, Gallman wasn't a slouch. It's not that he just, he just became this really good back. And they had Barkley, the best damn running back in the league. So, I well, mean-
2: I, I would I would argue, and, and people are going to kill me for saying this. <laughs> I think Gallman's a better running back for what this offensive line can do right now than Barkley, because he's 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 quicker to the hole in right. a lot of ways, and he just goes with it. Right. There's not a lot of dancing around, and uh, not that Barkley's necessary, but Barkley has more of that lateral movement and is able to read, wait, and read a little longer. Right. Um yeah.
0: I, I, get, I get what you're saying and and I do on on some level agree with it, but we haven't seen Barkley behind this line. But we you really know?
2: haven't seen Barkley in now a year and a half. A year and a half.
0: Yeah. So um, So uh, yeah, I, 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 I do agree with you though. So I mean, hey, you know what? If if they keep putting this thing together, you know, and I'm not I'm not ending this year already, no. you know, but it's 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 really looking up to you know. Uh, it, it's exciting to think think about what they're going to be next year. You know, at this yeah. point. Um, and, if, supposed- and if
2: Daniel Jones comes back, I hope they stick with this. Somewhat close to this balance of run-pass, if they're able to
0: get out, control the ball, and get the lead, you know what? It's working. Why wouldn't they? And I, the only thing I think you're going to see different is is Daniel Jones doing some RPOs and and yeah. and, and, and yeah. running some ball, running which some balls which I,
2: I will tell you, he looks a lot better this year doing that than obviously he did last, and he's proven he's got some wheels on him. I mean, they're they're only good for sixty yards, but he can he can move. Yeah, yeah. David. I um, was going to say,
0: Dave, Dave asked Harry really quick. Both running backs are healthy. I'm assuming he's talking between Wayne Gallman and Saquon Barkley. Who are you starting?
2: Well, I think you got to start Barkley. He's, you know, he's your number. You, you, you used a, number, a top draft pick on him. Arguably, as John said, he might, some would argue he's in the, I don't think he's the best running back in the league, but he's argued top 10. So I think you have to use him. But I think you have to use both. I think you have to mix him in there. Yeah. And I think you have to protect how many touches he gets. So that's where Gallman comes in pretty handy. The other thing is that you could use both of them. And that makes Barkley a hell of a pass option, which right. I don't think the Giants have really utilized him enough.
0: Not at all. Not at all. And and you know, I mean, just just based on that, I mean, think about it. Wayne Gallman had a great game on Sunday. But, you know, uh Alpha he
1: could Alfred, have a lousy game this week. And, well, yeah. yeah, but well, Mar- know, well he's and maybe not this week. And Alfred
2: Morris is, is 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 a good option too. Here, if Gallman's he, but in the they went field. to him
0: too. Uh, right. and, I'm saying while they were going to Gallman, so it's not like it was just the Gallman show all, all day on. on and, and and this idea that you could
2: only have one running back or no running backs for an offense to be successful in today's NFL, I would like to see Gallman back there to keep the defense honest, right. and 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 have Barkley either in motion or flank him out.
0: Sure, I mean, I, you
2: know. He, he,
0: well, you think about it, Morris had both touchdowns, right? I mean, right. he had a rushing yeah. touchdown, and he and had a receiving and, touchdown.
2: And, and yeah. he's, al- he's, always been, he's always been able to get in the end zone. He's obviously a good red zone back. Right. He's probably maybe their best red zone back.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so here's the real question moving forward for the New York football Giants. What do you do with Saquon Barkley when it's contract time?
2: You do what the Giants always do. You let him go.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? He's got another year and then he's been, then they're gonna and then they're probably gonna tender him. You know, so um I, I don't I do you
1: franchise him? I and you're you gonna give him a lot of money no. to you know, for a position that has obviously been so devalued. Well it's it's not really it, it's
0: about. not really gonna throw a ton of money at him because that's the fifth year option with the with with the rookies, okay. right? 'Cause next year's this year well, this, this year is, is his third is, year. Third year. So really year he's still got another year, maybe two, depending as far as money goes. Before think, they actually have to open the checkbook. I,
2: so. I think the end of this year dictates a lot, and next year,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: You know, if he's if he's looking like, hey, all right, his durability's up, he's he's playing at the at the level or even close to the level where the expectations were. Right. Then you make that you have to be realistic and make him an offer. Now it might not be a six-year offer for you know X amount of money. Because it's just that's not a prudent move in today's NFL. Not I mean, how many how many running backs, with the exception of like Frank Gore, you know, how, how many <laughs> running backs have have even five and six years careers where they're, you know, of this new batch of running backs. Obviously, the Adrian Petersons, the Frank Gores, the Alfred Morris, they are coming from almost a different generation, and they're league, on their well, last they are leg. Different generation, so um, yeah. you know, it, it's just the way. I mean, Derrick Henry, what, what's how many years has he been in the league now? um he's he, he, there It you can't you need multiple running backs that's been proven because of just the, the inability for them to stay healthy right and, and, but it's also,
1: it's also been proven that you really don't need to have the best running back in no, the league no. to win a super bowl
2: and here, here's because the other thing
1: at, you know look at super bowl winning teams hey. lately who's who how many of them in the past Right. Years have had the best running back in right. the league, when they won the Super Bowl.
2: But here's the best possible scenario. Okay, Barkley comes back. He's healthy. He finishes this year if he can, comes back this year, or next year has a great season. Then you have then you have a situation where okay, he, you you either have incredible trade value, or you sign him to a contract that's that's mutually agreeable right. that he accepts. That's good for the team, and that's a shorter term contract probably than what some other people would that he might be looking for. And so I, I think there's some but, but there's my, some opportunities guess, there.
1: Yeah, I I guess my point is if if he goes haven't you kind of wasted the number 2 pick? Now granted he was hurt so you didn't get the full use of out of him, but you know, but listen, he could have been completely healthy this year and the Giants would have been somewhat better, but I don't I don't know if we'd be talking about
3: them right, as right. Super Bowl
1: contenders. But right. so that, that's kind of my point. They took that pick and and you know, will if uh, gentleman's still around, will he even let him go? Will he be able to? Right.
0: Well, know, that, that that's another if story. He, right if there. he
1: goes, then then you're you're kind of admitting, yeah, we sort of wasted that pick. We, we really didn't get anything out of that number two. Yeah, I but don't think. Unless uh, you're going to give him the money.
0: Right. Well, I like I said, I think next year is going to be the telltale. Next year, not only and not just what. Well, obviously, what he does in the field. Uh, you know, and but you know if he can stay healthy, I mean, his two years in a row now he's had an knee. That's injury. the biggest question mark with him. You to know, me. that's the biggest so question mark. If, he, if he's gonna, you know, if he if he's gonna play all next year and he does what he did his rookie year and and even even bests it and and stays healthy the entire year, he's not going anywhere. No, he's other not. than quarterback for the
2: the 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 Giants' biggest offensive stars that they've had. Which have, let's be honest, have mostly been receivers over the last number of years,
0: and and defensive linemen, and linemen. I'm saying I'm saying offensive, offensive. Yeah.
2: Although this early this season, the defensive line was, the oh, of course, star. yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the Giants have never spent; they've never given big contracts out. Not at all. They well, said, well, at, bec- and "I'll be honest with you." The Giants are pretty good at drafting receivers. They have a pretty good history of it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. and.
2: If there's enough running backs around, then, yeah, I think you take that money and you spend it elsewhere. Um, I hope the best for Saquon Barkley, but I think the biggest thing is what is his durability? And in two years when he's, what, 27, uh, do you want to be offering him a
0: five-year, six-year contract? I don't think you do. Well, yeah, like I said, I I think that depends on, you know, if he does, like I said, if he does amazing next year, and has a, a a a better year than he had his rookie campaign, and just and tears up records and stays healthy the entire year, and then comes back in his fifth year and does the same thing he's not going anywhere yeah. you know they might not give him they might not give him Odell Beckham money, but they're not going to give him much less, and they're going to keep him, especially if gettleman's here because he's he's not going to take the the fall and say, "Hey, I was wrong." Uh, say he was wrong for picking picking him number two. It's not going to happen. But like I said, it it all depends on what he does the next two years. Performance and and, and his health are are what's going to, you know. I think
2: the health is the most important thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as far as
1: what they'll give him or how much they could give him.
0: Well,
2: if he
1: stays healthy. I mean, that right, assuming he stays healthy and all that, that will also depend on what anyone else is willing to give him. Sure, absolutely. But If if the market is still depressed for running backs and they're still kind of devalued, then why would we think that they – wouldn't be you know it, it seems like this trend is going to continue for a while right. and you know he's only as valuable as really as anyone else uh, as, yeah. as much as anyone else going to give
0: for him right. but it just it. it's the same thing though if he's, if he stays healthy but underperforms and gallman runs all over him next year you know okay great he stayed healthy but why did he stay healthy well, he really, was, yeah. well
1: right and and at that point let's say the end of next year even if he's healthy but he hasn't performed do you look to trade? Right. Yeah. You know,
0: maybe maybe you take them and and package them up with somebody and and get something else that you need. But so, but yeah. Again, no, again
1: uh, the, the, that that question looms. You know, absolutely. this is a number two. Right. And you know, have you gotten enough out of them? But exactly. obviously, only time will
0: tell. Well, a couple of things to to wrap up this Giants talk. Uh, one, um, just you know, uh, D- Daniel Jones might be back for for Sunday's game against Cardinals, um, and the week after the Giants-Browns uh, game, was just flexed today to Sunday night. So it's a primetime game that week, so on the 20th. Um, so obviously the NFL feels that the Giants-Browns is a draw. Think about the Browns a couple of years ago and the Giants for the last couple of years. Uh, what has happened over the last several weeks, the Giants-Browns is a draw, and let's then they will flex it to, to yeah, primetime. Well, I, so. I think
1: they're looking at the potential of Cleveland's offense right. versus the Giants now defense. emerging Giants defense. That's, sure. That's Absolutely. Draw.
0: Absolutely. Um, and
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's interesting that that's what. What can we put on Sunday night? How about <laughs> Cleveland and Gi- and the New York Giants? That is not something that would have been said.
0: Not in the not uh, the least. in the last
1: <laughs> several of the last years any, You know, it's eighty four
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: maybe by a guy who wanted to get fired. You know, <laughs> right, exactly. brought that up, but the the rest, you know, that was not something that was uh, going to be said at any meeting.
0: That's mm-hmm. crazy and uh and let's bring up let's bring up uh, OBJ for just 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 a quick hot second there. Um he was on uh, I'm sure both of you have heard uh he was on the uh, uh all things covered podcast. He was on the view. <laughs> he was on the view uh yesterday and Whoopi <laughs> asked him. Um no, he was on the all, all things covered podcast and he basically was lashing out at uh you know, I mean Jerry Reese even though he's not there anymore. Uh, everybody that's not there anymore. He was lashing out at Jerry Reese uh Ben McAdoo uh and uh pat shermer uh and saying he felt betrayed by pat shermer uh, p- apparently pat shermer uh, uh um which we call it told uh everybody else on the team to stay away from uh from uh odell uh you know and Pat LA Shermer team. also
2: told everybody on the offense to stay away from the end zone
0: <laughs> this, this is very true uh he he definitely did do that um but you know and and then through the throughout the podcast, he was sticking up for Eli. And, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't when he first got traded to Cleveland, wasn't he bashing Eli? You know, you know,
2: there's 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 the crazy ex-girlfriend who um, with time comes around.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I think the one thing he did say, whether or not. Yeah, of course, he was he, he was protecting his own ego.
0: Sure. But the one thing he did well, say it's all about Odell, when it comes to Odell, you know? sure.
2: The one thing he did say that I agree with him is that the Giants failed in Eli's last years to put talent around
0: him. I totally agree with that, and saying. I
2: and I agree with that absolutely. And look, sure. it's I understand it takes time, but he, Eli had no protection. He really didn't have, you know, once especially after Beckham left, he really didn't have that A or even B receiver out he had, there. He
0: had, he had Shepherd. That's it. That's all he was okay. Lying.
2: Um, but again, in today's NFL, when you have one receiver and you don't have somebody to to deflect attention from him, then it's hard. And so that, that is true. I mean, Eli was stuck in a situation that, that, where he did not have a lot of talent around him. now. So again, it's, it's, it's Odell Beckham. So of course people are going to listen and we're going to talk about it, but my whole, my main response is, oh God, who cares? Yeah, I don't really care
1: about anything Odell Beckham has to say. It's
0: it's it's
2: he's he's gonna run
1: his mouth no matter what the situation is. I think he's the saddest
2: saddest player with so much talent that has just dropped off precipitously uh, maybe in the history of the NFL. It's just it's sad.
0: Yeah, it is very sad. And you know what? And it's become a cautionary tale for young millennial receivers, you know, what not to do if you have talent and you make it to the NFL. (laughs) you know.
2: Well, I think he also realized that the one thing that Eli did do was Eli targeted him. Eli yeah. made sure to give him the best opportunities to to catch the ball. He I think he had the most targets in his career per game and he was with with the Giants and Eli was throwing to him obviously. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I think the grass is always greener and he, he's on a team with a lot more talent right now. Yeah. It's just a matter of he's just not Excelling the way that he excelled in those first couple seasons with the Giants.
0: Well, let me ask you this: uh, Are the Giants better without Odell Beckham right now? Are the Giants better without Odell?
2: Yeah, today. I, I, I mean, I, I think they are only because of his personality. If you could get his talent on somebody else, that would not be such a distraction. But right. let, let think of all of the top receivers in the game. Okay, with the exception of Larry Fitzgerald, they're kind of cut out of the same mold.
0: Yeah, I agree. Any
1: team that is not winning is uh, consistently is better off without Odell Beckham.
0: Yeah, well, It well, doesn't, well,
1: doesn't matter who it is. If he's on the team and they're not winning
2: consistently, they're better off without him. He'll so l- probably wind up on the Chiefs. <laughs> let me Yeah, he'll probably, probably will. The, and and, wind wind up and up win a couple jet. Super Bowls. And, 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 and catch Jets. like four, four catches in the Super Bowl for touchdowns. He'll be on the Jets in a, in a couple of years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this. The Browns are 9-3 and three right now. The Browns are nine and three. Yes. Are the Browns better without Odell right now? Are they, are they no. nine and three? No, I don't think so. Are they nine and three because Odell got hurt or are they nine and three in spite of the fact that Odell got hurt? In spite. I mean, I,
2: I, I think when he comes back, his role is going to be what? Second to third receiver in that yeah. offense. And that only helps their offense. He, he, he I, I still think Odell has two or three good years in him. If he just gets his head and screwed on straight and gets healthy and accepts his role, he could be really dangerous. Yeah. Um, he's that talented. I mean, let's let's just—he he is what he is. I just think that you know, a little bit of loss of speed without the other skill set, and that's that's what that's the difference. And uh, he he was a burner, yeah. and he still is, but not quite as much as what he used to be.
1: But he'll, um, he'll um, the, the Cleveland offense has lot as we all know lots and lots of weapons. Right. And he's just going to open things up for everyone on that team.
2: But uh, but again, much like the Giants offense, what did what did Cleveland do when Odell Beckham got hurt and they realized that they didn't have the their passing game wasn't working as well as they did. Right. They started running the, ball running the ball and running it really well. I think they're the leading I think they're the leading.
0: Oh, well, they have a couple team. of good running backs on that team. Yeah, a oh, couple so, of really yeah. good. <laughs> you know. yeah. So, oh,
2: it so it just goes to prove that sometimes when you have an offense that isn't necessarily clicking with all of its timing, with a with a relatively young quarterback and a new group of receivers, tell your they offensive line take to take the pressure to, off of them.
0: Tell your offensive
2: line to put their head down and blow some people away, and and let the let the running backs do their job. And I, I think that's why I think that's Cleveland's success in a yeah. lot of ways.
0: I'll say this, and I've said it before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. If Jerry Reese isn't retained and they don't fire Coughlin and they fire Jerry Reese and give Coughlin the reins as GM back when Coughlin retired, obviously after or resigned, if you will, after uh, uh, 2016 um, I, and, and brought in people for a couple of years for Eli, I think Odell's still on the Giants, and the Giants have been performing better for the last couple of years. I, I, Jerry Reese, to me, I'm sorry, and I've said it, but like I said, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He was he he benefited from Ernie Acorsi and the moves Ernie Acorsi made before sure. he became GM, and made other than signing Odell, <laughs> what did he do? He signed Flowers. Oh, that was that was a good move, um, you know, and and several others. Uh, look. Um, I don't think there's anybody after as of last year. I don't think there was anybody left that was a first-round pick of of uh, Jerry Reese's. Um, so, hey, you know what I, I I agree with. You know, summing it up, I basically agree with what Odell said on that respect. Everything else was just Odell being Odell. So, you know,
1: good for him. You and, will get him, Odell.
0: All right. Well, that brings us to the other New York team. Um, not that we Buffalo. Have. Have a lot to talk. What's that? Buffalo, buff Buffalo. Yes, that brings us to Buffalo now.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, you said the other. I thought you said the only. The only New York. <laughs> if New you York said York. the only, we'd be talking about. The uh,
0: other. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> the
3: quest for sixteen.
0: Now I was talking about the Jets. Uh, oh yeah, your, so, your, your, your jets, they're so close. Your Jets—they're so close. it by that much.
2: Well, they yeah. do have their eye on the ball. They—they <laughs> they know that Trevor Lawrence is—is uh, is pretty good. I think. I think that defensive call at the end of the game proved that. Yeah, I think they really want Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Well, that's uh,
1: that's the real question. You know, is is why 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 it's I mean Greg Williams you don't think he's not going to be there next year was he really just trying to help the Jets get the number one pick uh the other side of the coin is well that's Greg Williams and that's what he does and or was but he just... mean, that's, that's something he's never done before in that kind of situation it was such no. and there was no other reason he's... to call that to make that call uh, except to give the Raiders a better chance of up- scoring. Winning. I'll give you the so, I think
0: give he the took one for the team. I'll yeah. give you the stop That's quick.
2: what I think too. I, I nominated him on Facebook for it. I think it's like think being that, part of the coordinator of the year. You did? I think it's like being part of the Trump administration. You know you're not going to be there in four months, but you still do what's best for the team. But right, like uh, and
1: that was that was kind of the argument. Well, this is going to be a black mark. You already have Bounty Gate, and this is going to be just a guy who but I think you could he could, you know, looking for another job, he could say, Listen, the Jets have a goal here, and it's not to beat the Raiders. Right, right. It's to get the first pick, and I did everything I could to help them out, just like I would do for you if you want to hire me You All know, right. looking for his next job. I it's, completely it's agree. Tough, because It's a tough call to figure out which one it is. Look, Greg yeah.
0: Williams isn't the best defensive coordinator in the league. He's also not the worst defensive coordinator in the league, and he does know what's right and what's wrong. I'll give you the stat really quick. Um, that was cover zero, right? It was the only time in the last 14 years that that call in that situation was made. <laughs> okay there is never in any NFL game see yeah. regular season or postseason uh ha, that that call cover zero in the last 14 years has been made so he either wanted to get fired or do a solid for the Jets and oh well, yeah, yeah
1: that was my other question is, is he just I can't You know, I can't do this. I'm done with this. I need to. And he kind of sees. I look. If you look at that game, you could kind of see the writing on the wall, right? Mm -hmm. They they should have won that game. There's no reason other than
2: that ridiculous call. That I mean, the holidays are the holidays are coming up. It's a nice long vacation.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But But if uh, he he gets fired, he gets his money. If he if he quits, he doesn't. Right. I mean, that's that's the yeah. So he's out the
1: door. He's free and clear. He gets to stay home. Just as everybody's COVID numbers are going up too. By the way
0: sure and
1: uh and yeah he can i think the, the argument that oh he would never do that intentionally uh you know because it's going to be a, a mark against him and he's now who's going to ever want to hire him again i so, absolutely think he can go to another team and go look what i did so I he so he made an offensive defensive move yeah i stole <laughs> my reputation even further right. uh in order to to further you know to to maintain the goal of the jets which is to lose every game and get Trevor Lawrence
0: sure uh, somebody was quoted. I I forget who it was, but somebody was quoted on SNY saying the Jets jetted the jettiest thing ever.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, they don't do much well. Right. Um. So you know, kind of add this to the right to the list of things.
0: No. And then Marcus May the next day called out Williams. I mean, pr- pr- prior to the firing. Uh. So I mean, you know what I mean? Was that was that was that good of him to do that? You know, calling out Williams or or. You know, was it just frustration? We, we, or do you think it was like this elaborate plot that they put him in there to do that because they knew damn well what was happening uh, from the get-go? Do you really uh,
2: think the Jets are capable of an elaborate plot no. or
0: anything? No.
1: Yeah, I don't think they think much more than half a step ahead, let alone yeah. two
0: or three steps
2: ahead. So, right.
0: Will they lose all 16 games?
2: I, I mean, there's a good chance.
0: Yeah.
2: I
1: think it's better now. I think we're seeing uh, the Patriots coming around because right. that that final week. I mean, look, uh, who are they facing this week? The very ang- the very angry Seahawks. Right. Thank you very much, Football Giants. So this is <laughs> you know this is a, not not that the Jets would really have much of a chance against the Seahawks, but you know this is certainly a game that they're going to be. Uh, well, I maybe the Seahawks aren't as good as we all thought. They certainly haven't played that way right. recently after a hot start, but still, they're better than the Jets. Uh, so maybe this is the best of uh, both worlds uh, for the Jets. You get to see Sam Darnold continue to develop. That's what you're hoping for. Sure. And they're going up against a what is arguably, uh, I think, a better team, and that's pissed. And it, let's let's face it is uh, uh, fighting Ooh. for its uh, uh, division. Uh, title itself and, and yeah. maybe for its playoff life, so you get that, and then
0: Seattle loses either. a couple more games, and there they may be out of the playoffs, yeah, all they together.
1: might be out, so they have you know a lot of reason to win, yeah. and the Jets yeah. have plenty of reason, or well, only one reason to lose, of course, but it's a yeah. big reason, right? And again, that week 17 game against the Patriots is really the only one that you would realistically, I mean, as, as well as the Jets did play against Denver or uh, against uh, the Raiders, rather, yeah. uh, it's Kind of hard to think that's going to be really consistent. And we have seen the Raiders play, as we have seen most teams play, really good football certain weeks and then absolutely lousy football the next. So, to me, this isn't the Jets really, really took a step forward. You know, they they beat a team which has been – every team has been inconsistent, but they've had pretty wild swings have the Las Vegas Raiders between good and bad. So, that Week 17 game is the one that they might win. And the Patriots, I think, are back. I think Cam Newton is maybe fully recovered from COVID, and they're playing better. Maybe Belichick's figured a few things out,
3: okay. uh,
1: and it's—I think—it's less likely that they will win that game. So, yeah, I think they lose all of them. Mm-hmm. It's not—it's not, it's not going to be hard to lose all of them.
0: I—I—I I, I have to agree, and it's a sad thing, but hey, you know what? It maybe it's a good thing for them in the in in the long run, you know. And and you know, a lot of this doesn't just key on. Them getting that first pick and them taking Trevor Lawrence with that first pick and Trevor Lawrence saying okay, it it depends on who they're going to bring in as coach. Yeah,
1: know. well they'll look. They have still have plenty of things to screw up. Sure, they cannot bring in the right personnel. They can draft Trevor Lawrence and trade him away and then do a lousy job with the picks, right? Which they should get a boatload of picks for him if he is this general. Maybe, maybe Trevor
2: Lawrence will come with his college coach. That's a
1: possibility too, but they would probably not do that because that would be. Look at any good scenario and
2: say that probably
1: won't happen. <laughs> no. So there's plenty of things that the Jets can
2: screw up because, and and the whole yeah. thing of Trevor Lawrence not wanting to come to the Jets. Look, if you're if you're a number one pick as a quarterback, you're there's a really good chance you're going to be going to a pretty bad team. So right. you know it's your that's what that's one of the things you take on as as that top pick and. I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence could just kill it in the New York media market. And as good as Joe Burrow is, and I, there's an argument, I think, and hopefully he comes back as healthy as ever. There's, a, there's an argument that I've always made that I think Joe Burrow was a more NFL-ready quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. But yeah. that doesn't diminish Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence could be one of the best quarterbacks of all time in the NFL. You just don't know. And so you have to take, I think if they don't pick him, then I think that tells you everything about the Jets. Right.
1: Yeah. And and mm-hmm. uh, it almost isn't about how good the team is because he just right. said it. He's going to go to a bad team. So really for him, I would think for him, he's going to kind of look at the history of what has that team done? How do they operate? Who's in charge? Who's going to be right. the coach? Who's the... And, 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 and the odds are there's Jet-
2: going to be a new coach.
1: Odds right. are there's going to be a new right. coach. But that's where the Jets come up short. Like, if you okay, right. it's the Jets or maybe it's um, uh, Jacksonville, let's say. Uh, so who who you know if you're Trevor Lawrence, who do you have who which which organization do you have more faith in to do right by you? It's probably not the Jets because they're just they have a, an abysmal record with everything. And, and
2: Jacksonville, Jacksonville's just a more comfortable fit. Based more on comfortable the fact fit and, that, and
1: yeah. place you, you It's in his think. backyard, really. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. So uh, you know, like I said, plenty of plenty of ways for the Jets to screw it up.
0: Plenty of ways. Plenty so ways. they will. You know, I mean, he was uh, Trevor Lawrence's. You know, he go he 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 goes to school in South Carolina. He's from Tennessee. Maybe he would rather be in Jacksonville. You know,
1: <clears throat> it's not hard to believe. It's not hard to believe. There's that, anyone so. alive that would be drafted that wouldn't rather play in Jacksonville, <laughs> than <laughs> the, for the New York Jets. <laughs> you can say true. that about the whole first round, probably.
0: This is probably. True, you know, there's
1: right. go, there's going to be somebody, whether it's Lawrence or anyone else who, and the, the New York Jets take, and they, oh you know, you just. Right. Unbelievable. Somebody, well, somebody's going to be a very disappointed person. Right.
0: Well, let's let's. Uh, it's a, I, I said it. I said it before, and it was quoted on SNY. The Jets jetted the jettiest thing. Let's, yeah. Let's let's see if let's see if each week going forward they continue to jet the jettiest thing. They're lousy. Uh, so, but uh, in any event, uh, what about uh, what about that Browns Titans game the other day? I mean, like we said, the Browns are nine and three. What. Who are the real Browns? You know, I mean, are they are they the team that barely beat the Jags the week before? Or are they the team that smoked the Texans this past uh, the Titans this past?
2: Did they game? smoke so, them? I mean, if they played for another
0: six minutes, are the Titans not well, win that uh, game. You know what? Look at the first two and a half to three quarters. It's a four quarter I mean, game. I, I understand that, but yeah. it was also them playing prevent defense, right? So, as any team, you know, I mean, any team can be can be caught up in that crap. Right. So you know let let's let's put the garbage time away and in this game because they were so far ahead garbage time was a lot longer so let let's give them the kudos for the game they played against Tennessee this past Sunday I think we- I think
2: the Browns are a more consistent inconsistent team at the top of that heap than Tennessee is than Seattle is than obviously the Raiders are right um look there's question marks about the Steelers I mean it still comes down to the fact that I think there's only one elite team in this league uh, sure, you could put the Steelers as one B, but I think there's a there's even before they lost, there's a lot of question marks with the Steelers. A lot of question marks. There really were.
0: They didn't beat anybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, they benefited from a they benefited benefited from a six and ten record. And and I you think know?
2: you have to put Cleveland in the in the top of three or four of that next group of teams. They they are legit. They beat yeah. and they beat they beat they've, be, they've won a lot of close games. They've beaten some good teams. And uh, time will tell where the, where they're at right now, but they're playing smart football. Right. And that's what's most impressive about Cleveland right now is that they look good in all three phases, and they're not relying on they're not relying on a quarterback to run around and create plays. It, it's they're running the ball and they're running it down the throw to people, and they're doing a really good job of it. and their defense looks good.
0: They do. They do, yeah, and they it de- de- definitely benefited this past Sunday from Miles Garrett coming back this week. So, yeah, they looked uh, good
1: at it in all phases, and uh, I think they obviously have a lot of talent. And it, listen, you know that having a big lead early in a game and protecting it and knowing how to do that uh, is it's it's a skill kind of that teams have to learn you know it's i mean i mean unless yeah, you're gonna, that's a good you're, point unless you're going to keep your foot on the pedal the whole game and really try and run it up which you don't really want to do right. it's it's tough sometimes to play well enough so we want to keep them at a distance and it did get close and you're right another another drive and maybe the outcome is different but you know they did they did what they needed to do to win the game sure. and uh, i think you know when you talk about the elite teams you, you kind of say the same thing about Pittsburgh. Yeah, they've got holes, they've got question marks, right. but they are uh, doing what they need to win yeah. games. And and even, and even you know,
0: Kansas City is is you know well, look, playing look, if, if from behind did, some at some points and right. And, but yeah, but if I if mean, you're, not every if you're, game uh, uh, Tyreek Hill is is getting two hundred and three yards in the first quarter. It's not every game they play. You know, it's just no. Listen, they yeah.
1: they're the masters of the comeback. I mean, if you look at the Steelers and and Kansas City, right? And you say, okay, well, we're going to judge them on their wins. Then they're both elite teams, obviously, because right. they only have one loss. But certainly, Kansas City, I think, has a little bit more of an added element in right. in their history. And you look at them on paper, and you say they're maybe a little, maybe they're a little bit more of an elite team. Sure. But you know, un- until teams lose and they're out of it, you have to say they're good. You have to say the Pittsburgh, despite those questions, they're finding ways to win. And you know maybe that makes them a better team in some ways. If you're and don't, not, you're not
2: don't, overwhelmingly good, right. you just blow everybody out of the water. Sure. And every and sure. everybody loses the game. I mean, it's and uh, no one's done it since what 1970 when. So. Uh, yeah.
0: Seventy two. Did you see that? Uh, did you see that um, Larry Zonka video yeah. of Larry Zonka? I put it up on the. On Was the it
2: seventy two when they went seventy two? Yeah. yeah seventy two. So yeah, yeah. Smoking I mean, a cigar and a bourbon—that was great. <laughs> and, and don't don't overlook the New Orleans Saints. No, no, because
0: oh, I didn't. That's you know, I, I mean, no, no, there's there's plenty of good
2: teams, but you know. they're they're ten and two and have played what three games now with the backup quarterback. Three games with yeah. a
0: backup quarterback, who who obviously we all obviously realize that he's their next starting quarterback. Uh, you know, once once Breeze retires, depending on when that is, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, it might not be for another couple of years. It might not be for another couple of years, and uh, there you go. Who's uh who's got the uh who's got the cop outside? Is it in Long Island or Denver?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I have here. headphones on. I can't hear anything. I mean, I
0: heard the siren, but gotcha. It's they're right on time. They're right on time. There you go. Um, yeah, but hey, you know what? And speaking of the Steelers, I mean, are they are they are they as good as their record, or did they just caught up? Did you get caught up in a trap game? I mean, you have to put them in the top three teams
2: in the league. I, I think the yeah. other team, the other team that I think is right there with the Saints and with the Steelers are the Bills.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they certainly looked the part on uh, on, on Monday night, right? Uh, they definitely did. Uh, I mean, granted, they were playing a Forty ers team that has been playing probably above their level of play with the injuries that they have. But uh, you know, they still yeah, that, they, they still look whole, pretty damn good. That's <laughs>
1: been a whole year for San Francisco. I mean, sure, we we yeah. were talking about what was it week two or three or when they were beaten up on the Jets and the Giants, and sure. half the team was hurt. So yeah, you know, yeah. they've kind of uh, again, it, it's a they've how where they would be if they had everybody sure. uh, coming back and uh, for more of the season, but they have obviously adapted to that. Absolutely. So, you know, they're no, they're no pushovers because just because half the starters are on the DL, although it's sure. not quite that bad anymore. They've got some guys back. They've
0: got but, some guys back. They've got some guys back. Yeah, I, I
1: Buffalo gotta... is definitely for real. Uh, Jared Allen is definitely for real.
0: Yeah. yeah. I got, uh, I, I, I agree with that. And I think we got a game. Uh, I think we got a game involving the bills to pick this week. So and it might yes, involve one of the other teams we were talking about, too. Um, but a couple of quick stats, and then we'll move off of, uh, of that. Um, just not, not, to, not to belabor NFL, but uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, they, they released it uh, in November. Uh, he played four games in November. He had 399 and a half yards per game average. That's the highest average yardage for a quarterback in four games in NFL history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's insane. It like it, It's it's crazy, and I know Tyree Kill and and um, Travis Kelsey are a big part of that, and obviously make no mistake, they're obviously helping him a lot. But that's that. Those are crazy numbers, and you never caveated
2: Joe Montana with, oh yeah, I know John Taylor and Jerry Rice were a big part of that, and Roger
0: Craig. You know, no, you never did. You never yeah. did. No, you didn't. You're right. You're right. You I know. mean, Mahomes has. He had to get the ball to them, right, for them right. to get, be able to catch it. So. I mean, I think think there's two quarterbacks
2: who have done amazing things with very little talent in their career, and that's Brady and Rodgers. I think Mahomes, if he keeps going, could win. He could easily win four or five Super Bowls. Yeah. And we could be talking about him being the best quarterback of all time if they can keep this team together and keep him healthy. Sure. But – this, the, you know, where he's going towards number two. So yep. we'll, let's pump the brakes a little bit, but uh, and he's, I'm
0: sure he wouldn't be disappointed in being that either behind Tom Brady. So there's you no, know. there's
2: nobody. I mean, if you're starting a team today in the NFL, I think you'd be dumb not to pick Patrick Mahomes. Of course. Number one. Right.
0: It just, there's, it's a no brainer. And, and on, on that thing, what you were saying, as far as Aaron Rodgers being one of them goes, um, he is the first uh, he is the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 35 plus touchdowns in five different seasons. Yeah. So, I uh, rec- records, uh, he, records he, galore this year. He's for, pretty good. Guys. Yeah, just a little bit.
1: Yeah. So. I'm just happy that I get to be alive and uh, witness to the
2: Mahomes era. Yeah,
0: I'm watching all of this. This is funny. Well, so, if yeah. you think
2: if you think about this current season, it's interesting because you have somebody who's obviously hopefully I think within the next couple <laughs> Couple of years on their way out, who many can consider to be the best of all time. You have two guys who I think are right behind him in Breeze and Rogers. Then you have Mahomes. Then you have you know the Lamar Jacksons of the world, and all of these other young quarterbacks that are playing right now. This is a pretty amazing time for quarterback play.
0: Yeah.
2: Don't it's help. it's pretty. I mean, look at Tua coming in and Burrow. I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks right now.
0: You're right you're right and,
2: and it's a it's a broad spectrum of very old veterans to really young people in their first or second season
0: don't forget and, about and James Winston
2: well yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I, the game I, I, has been I, tailored
1: for them so you right. know this this is definitely their you know coming That's of uh, the quarterback era or maybe another quarterback era
0: sure no yeah, it is it is well um speaking of those uh picks why don't we uh why don't we move on to Beaten by the coin Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin.
1: All right, so a quick recap from last week. We had a total of six games that were picked. Um, We all went four and two, so nobody moved anywhere. Excuse me, as far as live people go. Uh, The coin had a bad week. They went two and four. Pick Denver against Kansas City and pick San Francisco against Buffalo, and that was uh, the downfall. So, as it stands now, uh, Jersey, you're uh, forty-two and ten. Finally, double digits in losses. So, <laughs> uh, spiteful victory for for uh, yours. Truly. You know what? I was this
0: close to taking the Giants, too. I was this close to taking the Giants. <laughs> yeah, forty-three yeah, we, and we, nine would
1: have. We we all lost with Seattle and Pittsburgh. So. Um, uh, Harry, you're uh, 10 games back, 32 and 20. I'm 35 and 17. So, Harry, you and I have uh, narrowed the gap slightly between us. And the coin now just a game over 500, as it should be.
0: As it should be.
1: 27 and 26 overall. So,
0: screw you, coin. <laughs> uh, the, coin the coin's a rookie, you want? Yeah, it's a, it's a young it's coin. A, it's a baby.
1: So, uh, let's uh, start off this week with uh, New England at them Rams.
0: New England at the Rams.
1: In La La Land. Hmm. Who wants to go first?
0: I don't. <laughs> um, all right, I'll go first. Uh, you know what? I I went back and forth on this game uh, uh, for for a little bit. Uh, not not an excessively long time, but a little bit. Uh, it, it was it was. Um, um, uh, it was it was slightly hard but i'm still gonna i'm still gonna take the rams. The rams are home. Uh i would probably have a more difficult time picking it if the game was in New England. But uh yeah, i'm i'm going to say the rams are you know, the the pats, yeah, the pats are coming around, but i still think what Aaron Donald <laughs> you know, that 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 defense is just not gonna let as much happen as other teams have with with New England. Uh, and uh yeah, i think the rams are winning this.
3: Yeah, I
1: agree with you. Look, the Rams are 8-4, uh, but they're potentially as Jekyll and Hyde as any team
0: in the league. Oh, but, sure. Uh, and who isn't, though, really, at this point?
1: Yeah, but it is in L.A. I don't know; think that matters much to uh, Bill Belichick. But, uh, oh, it never did. <laughs> I think, yeah, it never did. So that's, that's nothing new. I think the Rams uh, will pull this one
2: out. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Rams will win. However, if New England does win this game, then I think that's a really that, – that's a signal that – this this team's probably could potentially win out and are going to sneak into the yeah. to the playoffs and would be somebody I wouldn't want to meet in
0: the first round right all right it, it, Oop, we're
1: going to flip and the coin comes up tails
0: Taken New England.
1: So the coin is
0: taken New England. Foolish, foolish coin. Foolish
1: coin. (laughs) All right. We've got them gents against the, speaking of Jekyll and Hyde, Arizona Cardinals.
0: Arizona, Dr. Jekyll Cardinals. Um,
1: Ah, oh, man. (laughs) Hey. I'm going to take the Giants. I I think they're up and coming. Arizona is. Struggling, Uh, you know, Kyler Murray. I'm not gonna say he's been exposed because he's still a very good quarterback, but he has limitations. And I think the Giants' defense, uh, if they can replicate a decent percentage of what they did against Seattle, which I think they're capable of doing, they will be able to contain Kyler Murray uh, and sort of keep him in the pocket. And it's very difficult for him to throw over bigger guys because he's tiny.
0: He's tiny. tiny, Three foot six
1: inches tall.
2: I
0: think he's shorter than that.
2: Nice. I you know, they always pump it up a little bit. Instead. He's like six foot.
0: He's like
2: 5'11". I mean, this whole story about him being too short is just a crock of shit.
0: Well, compared <laughs> compared to like 6'5", six, 6'7", six, quarterbacks, yeah. he is short. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's not as tall as Matt Ryan, but he certainly can run a little better. He's as tall as Doug Flutie. He's, he's probably taller than, yeah, taller than, taller taller than, than, than Doug, Doug Flutie. Flutie okay, right? so there you inches. go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. I'll, I'll take them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, All right, so who do, who do we like here? Uh, I'm, I, you know what? I mean, it's going to be—it's the first time this year that I'm going to pick them. Uh, so I'm—I'm going to say that the Giants actually get this win. Kyler Murray, like you said, I—I, I, hey, you know what? The, Arizona could turn around again, Jekyll and Hyde, and and win this game, but Kyler Murray, knock on wood, to my pick, hasn't been playing. What you know the way he was—he's he, he, not running the ball like he was. He's not throwing over tall, uh, tall backs. Um know, I, th- I think he's still hurt. I think he's still hurt. I think he's playing. Well, like, and you know, and so that's what, what happens to a lot, lot, lot of lot. young guys—they come into the yeah, league yeah. and
1: they're they're hot and flashy, and then people kind of figure out figure what's going against yeah. them. Yeah. And they're still young. He's got to figure out how to counteract what's being done to counteract him.
0: Sure. So. I mean, the Giants' defensive end Patrick Ram was able to figure out <laughs> Russell Wilson. I mean, you yeah, know. There we go. So, yeah.
2: So, so the Cardinals have lost to the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. And they beat the Cowboys by quite a bit 20, 20, 28 points. <laughs> and, but, they, but, but the game that really they lost to the Panthers. This is what, so, it, this is a really hard one to pick. Right. I just don't know where Daniel Jones is going to be. And it sounds like he's going to play this week. It right. Does. I it was up pick- to him.
0: He would have played last week, but yeah. they were smart. So,
2: you know, can the Giants replicate what they did against Seattle? Um, my gut tells me to pick the Giants, but I'm going to pick the I'm going to pick the Cardinals. Pick the Cardinals. All right. All right. Uh, let's see what the coin says. Coin says heads,
1: which is the home team. There you go. So they like the Giants. Coin likes the Giants. All right, uh, Then Jets against Seattle.
0: I'll take this one. Uh, <laughs> well, let, let, let me ask. You take this it, to Toledo. No, let me
2: let me ask you this question: Is Seattle that much better than the Raiders? Uh, yeah, potentially yes. Yeah, <laughs> are they?
0: Okay, I, I, I think, think so. They are. I think so.
2: So a team that beat Kansas City and almost beat them twice. Okay,
1: I, I think they're. More, I think I think, I think the Jets are going to make this
2: close again.
0: I'm not saying it's not going to be a good game. I'm not yeah. saying the Seahawks are going to blow them out, but no. the Seahawks are winning this game.
2: Yeah, and I, I agree. That, and I agree with you. But yeah. I think the Seahawks are going to blow
0: them out. <laughs> the is that a caveat that. in the? Uh, no, I, don't think I, don't the think, I
2: don't think the Seahawks are capable of blowing anybody out. I, are, did you, you know who they're playing, right? No, <laughs> oh, I'm picking the Seahawks. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. The, this is going to be a close
1: game. You no, know, this is going to be brutal. All right, uh, coin says tails. So like the Jets. There no, we like go. Stupid coin. That coin might be right. It was right twice last week.
0: Look at
1: that. Uh, okay, here's a big one Pittsburgh at the Buffalo Bills. And huh. here is some, somebody's, well, I'm not going to say somebody's definitely going to get exposed, but Pittsburgh maybe has a greater chance of getting exposed. Is maybe not as good as people like me think they are or say they are. And Buffalo, again, this is another prove it bills kind of game for them
0: which every game is for them Um, I got to tell you uh, I'm not I'm not saying that the Steelers were exposed last week and uh, and uh, I'm not saying that they're a bad team they're a good team they're they're 11 and one you know you can't be 11 and one no matter who you play unless you're a good team so Um, but I think that the bills are better than the Steelers uh, at this particular juncture if you will um, so I'm, um, uh, and especially their home. And I know that doesn't mean much this this season, but uh, I'm going to take the bills.
2: All right, Barry, boss. You know what's interesting is that the Steelers are only one and a half point favorite for this game, and oh, it's uh, I know it's uh, <sighs> I, I I just don't know. I I, re, I really don't know what this. I. I, I, I think I think the the Bills are going to win this game. I think the Bills are for real. Yeah.
0: I think I think Steelers defense was, you know, uh, you know, keep, keep the ball away from TJ Watt, and you're you're kind of okay. You know, it's basically what it boiled down to the other night.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, I think Buffalo has a lot more to prove to themselves, at least. And you know, listen, Pittsburgh is a really good team. Then um, oh. Roethlisberger, obviously, you know, he's what
0: 38? 30, 39, Yeah. I don't think
2: Roethlisberger is really the problem. I think no, had a really good year, but
1: yeah. I, he has. I'm not saying he's a problem. I'm just saying he's older and he's maybe you know kind of wearing down a little bit.
0: He's not as fast as uh, as he was. Not that he was even fast to begin with. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's you know <laughs> yeah. he's only
2: running an eight point seven forty yard dash now. 20, yeah, he, 20 yard dash. 20, yard.
1: 20 yard dash. <laughs>
2: he's down point two.
1: But yeah, I think the Bills are going to win this one, and the coin likes the home team, so they like Buffalo as well. That's George Washington likes Buffalo, Thanks. and then we got Baltimore at Cleveland. I'm going to go out on a limb. Well, it's not really out on a limb here, um, and I think Cleveland's going to win this
0: game. Yeah, I I, I kind of got to agree with you. Um, <laughs> Cleveland's coming off that high from playing uh, Tennessee. They're thinking about what Baltimore did to them, you know, early in the season. Uh, that was just a, uh, an incredible blowout. And, and they were, you know, uh, you know, shamed for playing the way they did that year. And, and that year, that, that game. And they, uh, they're they playing a hell of a lot better football now. Um, yeah, I think the Browns uh, are winning this game. Baltimore's favored by one. This is... Something I just can't
2: really understand. It tells you that Vegas doesn't have quite the faith in uh, Cleveland as we might. I I think. I think. Look, I I think Cleveland's going to win this game. I I think this is a deciding game for both teams, though. Yeah. I I mean, I think if Baltimore loses this, they're out. Yeah.
0: Look, the Ravens. The Ravens won yesterday. All right, but they played the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, and and, and, uh, listen, this this Cowboys team is. if there was any doubt that they're an absolute free fall. I mean, they had basically two weeks to prepare for Baltimore, who is not completely a one-dimensional team, but more or less. Yeah, uh, right. And they still gave up, was it 294
2: yards rushing, I believe? Yeah, sure. I yeah, mean, you know. Dallas is a sight for sore eyes. If you're, Dallas, on a, if you're on a losing streak and you're playing the Cowboys right now, you're you're feeling pretty good. It's yeah, like, I mean, you, you could probably say Dallas, would you say they're maybe the third worst team in the league? Overall, Jets, Jets, Jets Jacksonville, Jets, and Jets, Jags. I mean, the Jags have played in closer games. I would yeah. say that maybe they're Dallas, kind
1: of, they've kind of been, yeah,
2: you could maybe put
1: Dallas number two.
2: Yeah, oh, but I mean, Dallas won good. a couple weeks ago, which threw, throws that off a little bit, but yeah, yeah. they're terrible though. They're
1: really yeah. terrible. All
2: right, see what the coin says.
1: Coin likes tails, coin says tails, so Baltimore. They like Baltimore. All right. So we've got a few differences. Not that anybody's – I mean, the only real competition here is between you and I, Harry.
2: Yeah, and I, I tend to kind of take risks just because I know I'm <laughs> never going to catch anybody else. Plus, I was off to a bad start because the coin picked me, and I think my first week I was one and four or something like that. Two and so three. Two and three, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's there. what thats what did it.
0: Well, I haven't had <laughs> a week. <laughs> I haven't, not, it's, it's not the –
2: Thirteen I, weeks after that, it was that first week that buried you. Well, look at the thirteen weeks after that. I, I, I haven't had a, I haven't had a two and three week.
0: True, true.
1: Yeah, Just,
2: I couldn't recover
1: from that. I've only lost,
2: I've only lost. Yeah, come on. All right.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fine. All right. Well, so there you go. So uh, that is this week's beaten by the coin. All right. Let's move on to our top 10 list this week. Folks, our top 10 list this week is top 10 offensive linemen in NFL history. Uh we we went through it. This was a little easier uh than the last couple weeks. Uh especially uh the running backs was uh, a couple weeks ago was insane. <laughs> you know. It was linebackers... hard
2: it was hard like 10 through 6 was hard for me. Like a... yeah, there was yeah. a couple people I left off that I, you know.
0: 10 through 10 through 8 for me was yeah. to top the last two or three they, they were difficult but the, the, the top seven or so were were pretty much solidified so um yeah why don't you uh why don't you uh uh kick us off there radio pete with right. number 10
1: number 10 and there's no a or b involved this week right
0: we no a or b we, we got actually 10 we actually have 10 offensive right. linemen
1: our top 10 has 10 guys. There you go. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite players, uh, Art Shell. Gotta love Art Shell, who uh, had uh, quite a career. He was what? The players' representative, I think. Yeah, he, union? He,
0: he was the he was the uh, the uh, was the president it, of the uh, players uh, president of the players union players union yeah players association. Uh, he also hosted Star Star Search, didn't he? I think so. That was
2: Ed McMahon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Shell filled in for a couple of weeks when Ed was uh, drying out. Right. And, uh, anyway, uh, obviously a, a Hall of Famer, uh, eight times to the Pro Bowl, a two time All Pro, a couple of Super Bowl wins. Uh, played uh, most of his career, actually his whole career with. Uh, the Raiders in their various forms uh, on the hall of fame, all seventies team. Um, A guy, listen, he was a, um, a big personality and uh, played um, most of his career in the era of the 14 game season. uh, And just was consistent. um, Was a guy that you wanted. uh, Certainly quarterbacks wanted uh, him protecting them and running backs wanted him opening holes. I uh, went, uh, I think six five, about two sixty or so, and uh, just kind of a consensus. Again, it, you're you're right, Harry. It was tough to to kind of pick those that's those second five in the top ten, and I think he rightfully and deservedly uh, edges yeah. in at number ten. Yeah, absolutely. A durable guy too. Uh, a few seasons where he even missed uh, a single game.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally durable guy.
2: And 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 during those Raiders heydays was the quiet, stoic, smart guy on the field that wasn't, uh, you know, in the the headlines because uh, his parole officer was chasing him down at 2 in the morning.
0: He was talking on on the field. He was the guy that went in. That's why he went in as a president of Players Association. He was the one that went in and talked to them while they were in. His his (laughs) resume,
2: they were like, if you can handle the the Raiders, you can handle anybody. He He's getting guys out of trouble. That's right.
0: Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Number 10, Art, Art show. show. There you go. I'll take number nine. Number nine is Mr. Orlando Pace. Orlando Lamar Pace, to be exact. Um, yeah, he was a uh, 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 play tackle. Uh, he was uh, drafted uh, with the um, first pick overall in the uh, 1997 draft by the St. Louis Rams. Um he uh played uh, his entire career for the rams except for his last year Oh uh, nine, he played for the bears and uh he was a super bowl champion in super bowl 34 seven time pro baller uh, three time first team all pro second team all pro uh and member of the 2000s all decade team and his accolades go on and on he uh just a just a really 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 tough tackle uh and uh but you know, he he was he actually introduced the game of football to the term pancake, because uh, at the point of attack he he left a trail of destruction that was evidenced by mm-hmm. defenders laying flat on their backs. <laughs> yeah. That that term was
2: around in the in the in this in the eighties. Yeah, 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 but, but but he did it. He he definitely had. A, he a personified pancake. it, though. Yeah, he did.
1: Well, that, he did. I think that's actually a wrestling term, isn't it? Well, yeah, but the move that you pancake a guy,
2: if you're an offensive lineman and you pancake somebody, that's the equivalent of like having a three touchdown game as a, as you know, as a, as a so-called skills player. I always love that because it takes no skill to block another 400 pound man from strike, (laughs) taking your head off.
3: Right.
1: Yeah, (laughs) especially, right. Especially in, in uh, the, the old days. Right. I would say back in, back in the day. Sure. When right. uh, you know guys were guys were not you know, the, the days of the head slap and the yeah. the forearm shiver and all of those yeah.
0: yeah. He was definitely he, he was definitely a big key in that in that Super Bowl thirty four win from the greatest show on turf. Yeah. You know, he, he you know uh Mar- Marshall Falk uh wouldn't have rushed for uh a, a number of the yards he rushed for if it wasn't for Orlando Pace. So. Yeah. And I think he's one of the best
2: pass blockers of all time. Yeah. Cool. There oh, you go. Number nine.
0: Number nine. Orlando Pace. Uh Harry, bring us to number eight, please.
2: Number eight is Randall McDaniel. Uh this guy kind of changed the position. He was he was a guard. He was really athletic. I think he still holds the record for the fastest hundred meter dash ever among offensive linemen at you know, ten and a half seconds. He was, you know, he was a standout athlete, and you could see that he was. Yeah, it's probably 6'4 four to 80s. He was just one of these guys that got out and really you noticed his athleticism on the field. And I think he sort of, you know, he, he started in the late eighties really became uh, a dominant figure in the nineties on those Vikings teams. And, uh, you know, our, one could say he was a big reason why, uh, Wise, you know, one of the best running backs in the history of the game, had such, sure. had, had so, so much success. He was a 12-time Pro Bowler and uh, NFL All-90s All-Decade team, NFL 100 Anniversary All-Team. I mean, when you talk about guards, he's probably one of the top three that come up. And uh, again, he's, he's, a few years later, especially in the 2000s, he became – the poster boy for what people were really looking for in offensive linemen, which was way more athleticism along with size. And uh, I think you know, and he had a pretty long career, he, he played one year with the Bucks, but but he's he'll obviously be known as a uh as a Minnesota Viking, and oh, yeah. um, he'll be in he'll be in the Hall of Fame here shortly. Actually, he was inducted into the Pro he Hall of he was, Hall. yeah,
0: he's in he's the yeah. Hall of Fame. So yeah, just uh just a great guard, uh and and uh definitely a key guy in that Minnesota those Minnesota offensive lines of uh of um of, of that time. He was a uh, great talent, great talent. Number eight. Randall McDaniel. Um Radio Pete, bring us to number seven.
1: Number seven, one of my favorites, of course. Is, Which is uh, why you're doing him. I, I appreciate that. Uh <laughs> Larry, I don't think this is his official nickname, but Larry straight out of Compton Allen.
0: Straight out of Compton.
1: He came from Compton and played for the Dallas Cowboys from uh, 94 through 2005. A couple years with San Francisco to finish up his career. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, a Hall of Famer, 11 times to the Pro Bowl, six times an All-Pro. Did have a Super Bowl win, Super Bowl 30, of course. Great against the most hated Pittsburgh Steelers in that one, so... uh, Something to celebrate there, a little extra to celebrate. And uh, Hall of Fame, uh, all 90s and all 2000s team. Uh, Allen was just, he was kind of a freak. Uh, He was about 6'3", I think, and a little over 300 pounds, but just known for strength, uh, feats of strength, uh, bench pressing, uh, 705 pounds, uh, squatting over 900 pounds, doing, uh, I think, setting records with uh, repetitions of bench presses of over 500 pounds, just just an incredibly strong guy, uh, but fast. He had speed. He had great lateral movement. He was a guy you definitely played both guard and tackle in his career, and uh, he was a guy that you definitely wanted uh, guarding your blind side if you were a, a quarterback. Um, again, uh, not one of the biggest guys, but, again, one of the strongest and a very intelligent player as well.
0: Yeah, he wasn't a dirty player either, and his, and no, his opponents no, were, were afraid of him too. Yeah.
1: He he was he was sort of a you know of the of the unsung guys in the trenches. He was sort of the personification of um you know Dallas and sort of a kind of a the later you know harkening back to sort of the America's team.
3: Sure. You know,
2: good guy. A good guy, good player. Yeah. Yeah, and Dallas is always known for their offense. I mean, having great offensive linemen and he he definitely stands out even above a pretty good list of Guys, even guys he played with at that time. Yeah. Um, you can
1: easily say he was the best of anyone who ever, yeah. you know, played on that line for the Dallas Cowboys, and that is an impressive list.
0: There you go. Number seven, Larry Allen. I'll take number six. Number six is Mr. Jonathan Philip Ogden. Jonathan Philip Ogden, which is strange because. Um, and, and I did not name him after Jonathan Ogden, but my, my son is Jonathan Phillip so uh, and his last name is Ogden, which his is his so last odd. name is Ogden so it was odd you know yeah. uh, but uh, in any event Jonathan Phillip Ogden was uh, was drafted uh, fourth pick overall round number one uh, for the Ravens uh, played from 96 to 07. Super Bowl champion in Super Bowl 35, a Super Bowl which I choose not to remember. Uh, <laughs> a uh, four time he was a four time first team all pro five times second team all pro and he was eleven time pro bowler uh his you know with the exception of his rookie year he was a pro bowler every year he played football um he was a member of the uh, uh offensive he was offensive lineman of the year uh in o two um two member of the two thousand all decade team member of the hundredth anniversary team he's in the Baltimore ravens ring of honor just uh, uh you know Crazy, crazy good um, uh, uh, tackle. Sorry. <laughs> uh, in fact, he started uh, his rookie year. He started at uh, left uh, left guard and uh, slid over to left tackle. Uh, started straight out of the gate his rookie year as uh, left guard and moved to tackle. But, uh, yeah, he definitely uh helped pave the way for uh, for uh, Jamal Lewis uh who who was uh who racked up uh, over two thousand rushing guards in oh three uh and he definitely was big part and parcel of uh the Ravens beating the Giants in uh in um two thousand uh and Super Bowl thirty five. Um Kerry Collins was a big part of that too, but that's just because he choked. But uh I didn't say that. Uh they, jump, let's uh, be honest, they
2: didn't deserve to be there.
0: The Giants? Yeah. Well, they did beat Minnesota in the championship game 41 nothing. So, I mean, you know, and Minnesota, you would say, deserved to be there. And, you know, I would, you know, looking back at it, pulling myself out of being a Giants fan, Minnesota probably deserved to be in that Super Bowl more than the Giants did. I don't year. know about that, but yeah. Uh, well, I mean, of the two uh, yeah. for what they did during the regular season. But the Giants, and, and the Giants obviously had the better record. But, you know, against what, what Baltimore did that year was just obviously – yeah, wasn't wasn't fun for Giants fans, but uh, it was definitely uh, it was their year. It was their year. Just like '86 was the '85 uh, uh, was the Chicago Bears' year, and '86 was the Giants' year. 2000 was the Ravens' year, and Jonathan Ogden was a big part of that. So he's great, one of the yeah. best ever. Number six, Jonathan Ogden. Harry, right, bring us to number five. Number five is Bruce Matthews, who I
2: think it's a very simple argument to make that he was the most versatile of all offensive linemen cuz when you ask what position did he play you're like yep exactly He's,
0: yeah the answer is yes
2: <laughs> uh i mean primarily a a, a a guard but he played in his first three years he played guard center and tackle he played right guard then he played center for f- 4 years then he played ended his career playing left guard he was a long snapper and uh one of the most versatile offensive linemen of all time, and is tied for the NFL record for most Pro Bowls—fourteen. It's a nine-time first-team All-Pro, 1990s All-Decade Team, NFL 100th Anniversary all team. I mean, this guy—you yeah. know—I struggled with where to put him on on my list, and I, and I wound up putting him a little higher just because when I looked back, I didn't realize he had played that long and played that many positions, and to be a Pro Bowl, look even changing from right tackle to left tackle is a big change for an offensive lineman to be able to, to really move through all positions as much as he did in his career and to excel at each of them. I think, I don't think there's anybody who's done that no. since. And um, he's also, I believe the father of play Matthews uh, and uh, his, I think his brother was an offensive lineman as well. who played in the NFL, but a uh, big football family and, He's, I mean, I think he he was on all of our lists without a doubt. He's yeah. he's uh, he's. I don't think there's any denying. He's just consensus for this list.
0: Yeah, the top the top six. Uh, the order changed with a couple of them, but the yeah. top six were on all of our lists. So. Yeah. So well, there you go. Number six. For I'm sorry, Bruce Matthews. Uh, Radio Pete, bring us to number. I'm sorry, that was number five. Number four, please.
1: Number four, Iron Mike Webster. Um, really, you could say he's kind of the anchor for, on the offensive line for the great Steelers teams uh, in the four, four Super Bowls uh, that they won in the uh, mid to late 70s. He was there for all of them. Uh, nine times to the Pro Bowl and five times in All-Pro, Hall of Fame, All-70s, and All-80s teams. This guy, speaking of playing a long time... Uh, 245 games in his career he played from 74 to 1990 (laughs) which seems nearly impossible yeah on the last couple years with kansas city he was actually brought there uh as a um their offensive line coach uh after the 88 season but i guess he talked them into uh playing a couple more years and he became their starting center so uh you know this uh, just one of the great great players and to have that kind of longevity and um to like i said just be an anchor of what you could maybe argue after san francisco or i'm sure there are people who would say that was the greatest dynasty in nfl history was the 70s steelers uh certainly the and the defense gets a lot of uh a lot of credit and the skilled players get a lot of credit but again this was a guy who was in the trenches making it happen. The engine doesn't run, or the train doesn't go without the engine. And Mike Webster was part of that engine. And uh, unfortunately, uh, post football, he had um, not uh, such a great life, actually, uh, after he uh, died, uh, the uh, he was diagnosed with CTE. And uh, the end of his life was spent uh, basically homeless and uh, uh, struggling with mental illness. So um, something against Perhaps uh you know, a, a cautionary tale to to play that many years, but he obviously one of the all time greats uh with that long career.
0: Yeah. If you ever saw the movie uh uh oh, geez, what was the uh Will Smith movie? Or was it uh Ali? No. <laughs> no, the one uh the one on C T E, the one he did with uh Oh uh
1: I actually I've, I've, yeah, yeah, men, I yeah I yeah. Men in Black three. I know I what you're talking about was before, before actually but I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, concussion, it. concussion, concussion, concussion in the movie, yeah. Um yeah,
0: uh he uh that he was the uh he was the first player that that doctor, that Will Smith portrayed um uh which we call it uh diagnosed. You know, di- diagnosed, yeah, and 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 came up with the with the uh, CTE diagnosis. Um and it was a shame, yeah, you're absolutely right. He was homeless basically, Living in cars. Uh, I didn't you know, know all
2: this until I was read it, you know, read it this week about it. Yeah. I didn't realize it. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: pull, pulling his teeth out, you know. I mean, he was just—it was—it's—it's just, it was, it's, it's just a, a disgusting, horrible shame. But uh, you yeah. know, it was—it was one of the things that you know led to, you know, a lot of the safety measures that they're taking these days. So, you know, that's uh, obviously you know not <laughs> a good thing, you know, going forward. But it was just horrible for these guys uh, in the past. But but that that aside, uh, what what a what a what a a warrior. Uh, you know all the years he played. I mean, early seventies to 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 the nineties.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there's any argument. He's the best center of all time, and one of the few people on our list who not only won one Super Bowl but won four. Yeah, and uh, he was. You know, there was a couple of people that had shorter playing careers that were, you know, maybe could have matched up with, with, uh, with him. But he, he, he's without a doubt the best center of all time, and. It is really unfortunate what, you know, the damage that it did to his life. But uh, on the field and during his playing days, certainly uh, one of the best ever. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Number four, Mike Webster. Uh, I'll do number three. Uh, Number three is Mr. Forrest Gregg. Forrest Gregg. And uh, it's actually Alvis Forrest Gregg. Forrest is his middle name. Uh, in case you were wondering, uh, he was drafted in round number two. Uh, actually, one of the first players on our list that wasn't actually drafted in the first round or went undrafted. Um, pick number 20 overall by the Packers in 1956. I uh, played 56 and then 58 through 70 with the Packers. Played a year with the Cowboys in 71. But uh, is his obviously most known for his days with the Packers. Um, uh, whatchamacallit, he was uh, a, a three-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, Super Bowl one, Super Bowl two, and he won Super Bowl six with the Cowboys. I think he won. I think he won six championships. He won five, five NFL champion, uh, five time NFL champion. Show was uh, 61, yeah. 62, and then sixty five through sixty seven, which were obviously in, in, encompassing Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two. Wow. And then he won his sixth with uh, in Super Bowl uh, six. Yeah. But a nine time Pro Bowler, seven time first team All Pro two-time second-team All-Pro, member of the 70th anniversary team, member of the 100th anniversary team, 60s All-Decade team. Uh, He, uh, you know, member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was just... uh, Vince Lombardi once described uh, Forrest Gregg as the greatest player that he ever coached. And Lombardi coached uh, Frank Gifford, (laughs) Jim Taylor, Paul Horning, uh, Bart Starr, Jerry Kramer, and Ray Nitschke. So that's saying a lot. (laughs) It really is.
2: He's tied with only three other people for the for the most NFL championships of all time. So uh interestingly enough there another guy on that list is an offensive lineman who might win best name of an offensive lineman. Yeah. Fuzzy Thurston.
0: <laughs> Fuzzy I mean, Thurston. There yes. you go. Uh yeah, he was just he was an iron man. Uh he had 188 straight games between 56 and 71. Uh and uh and nine trips to the Pro Bowl during that time. He was just uh really 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 good tackle so yeah there you go uh number three forrest greg uh harry bring us to number two number
2: two i think consensus with all of us at number two is none other than john Hanna, also known as the hog and and we've talked about john Hanna before because he was one of i think he was the first uh, old Balls recipient. He was the
0: first Old Balls recipient. Very good. Yes, he was. Uh, Ten time
2: All Pro, nineteen uh, seventies All Decade Team, nineteen eighties All Decade Team, seventy fifth anniversary All Time. I mean, whenever when when you when you talk about offensive lineman, his name is always in the top two, three, four that that come up. Yeah, he's not really all that well known. He, he he only because I think he played in an era where there just wasn't as much. Uh, you know, the, the, believe it or not, there was a time when the Patriots were not necessarily a, a, a big market team that were on television all the time.
3: Sure.
2: And uh, but he was he sort of reinvented the position again, one of these guys who was a game changer at the position. He was incredibly athletic, really strong, really fast. Um, wasn't a super big guy, but for the time was was it was, was, you know, the sort of a prototypical guard. I think he was, uh, you know, he played for Bear Bryant at Alabama. I think maybe he played tackle. But he, he was moved to guard in the NFL and really stayed there and was, uh, I think if you ask 100 people, 98 of them would say he's the best guard of all time. And uh, if he, I just remember watching him as a kid. He, he was so good that when it's when the Patriots were like doing their marketing, I, I remember for some reason my mom bought me a duffel bag of the New England Patriots. Why? I don't know. It's probably at sale of two guys or something. Might have been a giveaway. <laughs> but hey, it was man. Steve Grogan, you know, and John Hanna. And when do you have, like, as your as the one person you're celebrating as you're an offensive lineman, it's just right. rare. And he was, he was that good. He was that good. And and just kind of one of these old school stoic uh, guys who, uh, who made a made a hell of a career for himself and was, um, I think he's you know the best guard of all time, and uh, I I think there's an argument you can make that he was the best offensive lineman of all time.
0: Yeah, he's right there. I mean, he was part of that uh, '78 uh, uh, Patriots team that uh, that bulldozed defenses for like uh, almost 3,200 yards on the ground. Uh, It was that was was a crazy year for the for the Pats. Uh, You know, that's back. That's that's pre. Uh, pre-Pats being a, a formidable team that everybody, you know, that, not everybody, but, you know, the bulk of the uh, younger uh, crew out there uh, thinking of what New England is right now. Uh, you know, they were, there was, there was a time when New England was the Browns uh, and not yeah. that the Browns are the Browns right yeah. now, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was a time yeah. when New England was the Jets. Yeah. All right. Okay. And,
1: well, we don't have to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, he was a yeah. bright spot. He was a bright spot on some. It was, I mean, it was I mean, him it was
2: like, and Leon Gray and Russ Francis, who's, who were just maybe the best trio to line up next to each other and blocking. And he was one of those guys who would just pull out all of a sudden he would, he would block a linebacker. Then he'd be downfield ahead of the running back, knocking out two defensive backs. It's yeah. just, he just took out. Four or five guys at a time. It was just unbelievable.
0: It was unbelievable. They had that, and and they had their they had their issues back then. But those late seventies uh, Patriots yeah. teams were actually they won they won the division a couple of times. In oh the yeah, seventies. Yeah, yeah. They were they were uh, they were the Pats, they were the Pats before the Pats with the Pats. If you want to call it that, well, he was you know, the first Patriots
2: ever inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he was. Hang on.
0: There you go, folks. Number two, John Hanna. Radio Pete, bring us to number
3: one.
2: All
1: right, number one. This, I believe, was a consensus. Amongst Absolutely us a consensus. Amongst anyone who knows anything about football. And that is, of course, uh, Mr. Anthony Munoz of uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. And a long career with them. Drafted number three overall in 1980. Uh, played 185 games for the Bengals and started, I think, 183 or 184 of them. Um, big guy. Six, six around 280 pounds but one of the most athletic people ever to play on the line and uh, just a pretty amazing guy uh if you kind of look at the 11 straight times to the pro bowl played 13 seasons went 11 consecutive years to the pro bowl nine times an All pro uh, an all pro uh inducted into the hall of fame of course hall of fame all 1980s team and um Again, a a great athlete. Uh, He was named the uh, Offensive Lineman of the Year in 1981, 87, and 88, as well as the NFL Players Association Lineman of the Year in 81, 85, 88, and 89. Uh, Again, only missed three games due to injury. Um, And they were not – some of those games, I I believe, he started and then uh, was injured. And he actually caught uh, seven passes in his career, lining up as an eligible receiver. And scored four touchdowns. Yes, he did. So, And a big part of Kansas City's uh, drive to um, Central Division titles and, of course, uh, was on both of their AFC championship teams in 81 and 88. He's yep. uh, pretty much I, – I don't think there's anybody who would argue – I mean, again, you, you you could quibble a little bit here and there, but uh, number one overall is Anthony Munoz.
0: And who's that in the picture that's uh, holding the ball like behind Who's that? That's a radio guy, I think. It's Phil Sims' brother. Phil <laughs> uh, Sims' brother, Boomer. That's Carton's uh, partner, Carton, not partner. Not my anyway, uh, Gio, Gio's partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, and and he was a big part and parcel of of those two Super Bowl drives. Uh, and and uh, honestly, uh, you know what? Uh, if it wasn't for Mister, uh, if it wasn't for Mister Montana, they would have had that Super Bowl in '88 or '89 uh, Super Bowl, but the '88 season. Um, they were. I, I honestly, to this day, I the 49ers were great back then. But I really believed that the the Bengals were winning that game. Um, and and you know what? I mean, you feel for somebody like Anthony Munoz and and Boomer, uh, for that matter. But and maybe a little bit of Chris Collinsworth. But
2: no, I was going to say Anthony <laughs> Munoz was this good, and and he had to listen to Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's, what put, but, that's what that's what put him over the top. For John Hanna for me We're like oh wait he played with Chris Collins or yeah.
1: that I'm had Boomer to be and painful I'm yeah Boomer Esiason. I mean yeah. I have some affection for him because of his Jets career but he's a yeah. he's a bit of a mouthpiece too so a little bit yeah. a little bit but <laughs> I wouldn't want to listen to either of them
0: <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and we get a uh, we will get a uh, they'll, they'll do a, a special one day where it'll be Boomer and uh, and Chris Boomer uh, and Gia, Cole, will t- oh. Gia will take a week off and Chris will come in and uh, so, but anyway, well, there you go. Number one, Anthony Munoz. Now, this is our top 10 list for this week, folks. Uh, good job. Good job, everybody. Definitely a good list. Um, that should bring us to this week's Old Balls, too. Old Balls. Harry, why don't you tell us who this week's Old Balls
2: is? Well, in keeping with offensive linemen, this week's Old Balls is an old offensive lineman named Jim Otto. Jim Otto played for the Raiders from 1960 to 1974. Uh, really, in the AFL days, uh, he played. If I remember, if I'm looking at my stats here, I think he played in 210 straight games. He never missed a game in his career. He's one of, I think, 10 players to play in every AFL game. <laughs> it's, just, I mean, that you know, he didn't miss one. He's a 10-time first-team All AFL. Uh, he was an AFL champion in '67. Nine-time. All-star, three-time Pro Bowler. Of course, those were the only three years he was in the NFL to be a Pro Bowler, uh, and just one of these guys. He he wasn't super big. He was about 6'2", 250, but was just a stalwart at 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 center. And um, when I think of old-school football, Jim Otto is one of those guys that just comes uh, comes up. I think he I think he's had. Like s- over seventy operations, he had nine operations on his knee during his playing career. During his playing career,
0: while he was playing, not missing a game, he had nine operations. He had
2: nine operations. So I yeah, mean,
0: he, a couple of them during timeouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just uh, put, some put, during the some during drives. That's right. That's right. And they
2: didn't even have cordless drills then. They just not had to do, you know to bring them over to the side and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's just one of those guys. And I you know part of that, he played offense and defense too during a lot of those games. So it, yeah. it's just, it's crazy. You know, interesting thing, which I didn't know until I was reading the other day about him was that he was the subject of the Jim Otto suite, which was a series of multimedia works by Matthew Barney, who's a famous artist who uh, went on to do the Cremaster movies and uh, whom one of my friends actually worked for, for a brief period of time out there. And in Queens and Brooklyn, but uh, I mean, it's just interesting. He's he's one of these guys who I think. Uh, I mean, just look at his picture. He's, he's, he just looks like a nineteen, you know, '60s football player. It's just. Uh, right <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah, a combination. Somebody, somebody's smiling. Yeah, that's his. <laughs> he looks like a combination of a football player and Ruben Kincaid. And that was the his number two, Partridge Family.
0: That was his number two, folks. Zero.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's just like, I don't need a net damn number. <laughs> yeah, Jim Otto, I mean, uh, yeah, just uh, he, he was almost, I mean, he almost made this list. He was he was hovering in that in, in the uh, next to that 10th spot, but uh, yeah,
1: he could have been 10d, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah but uh, or 10a for that matter, yeah, right, just just one of the one of the kind of super stories of uh of old school NFL linemen for sure.
0: Absolutely. He, he, he made it like a quest to like prove to all the teams that passed up on him that he was one of the biggest mistakes those franchises ever made too. So
2: yeah. And he was right.
0: And he was a hundred percent right. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of fitting you wound up on the Raiders, the Raiders. I mean, let's give one thing you have to give the Raiders credit for is that back in the day they used to take chances on. And a lot of times those chances turned out to be pretty Pretty special. Yeah. On people on players that other people passed up on. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: There you go. This week's Old Balls, Mr. Jim Otto. Old Balls. All right, folks. Uh a couple of other things really quick. Uh let's talk about some um hot stove. A little bit going on. Not a whole hell of a lot, but uh as far as the Mets go, um I'm not sure if it's happened uh, as of yet, but earlier today the Mets were close to uh, inking a four year deal with James McCann. Uh, catcher from uh from the White Sox. Um yeah, I, I said that I'm absolutely fine with McCann. Uh I don't know your feeling, Pete, and for that matter, uh Harry, if you have any uh feelings about it at all. But uh I I I don't think the I don't think this team needs uh to get a seven or eight year contract to JT Realmuto uh with super crazy numbers. Uh they they have uh, Alvarez in the minors and he's gonna he's gonna come up to be uh, you know, prospect anyway uh, of an amazing catcher. I think he's the number two prospect right now. Um, but I'm fine with McCann uh, for what he's done the last couple of years, last few years, uh, being a stopgap to get Alvarez up here and then uh, working with him when he does make it up here, um, you know, and especially with the money. And I know, quote, unquote, Uncle Steve, you know, he's got all the money in the world, but he's not going to, he's not, you know, they're not going to go out and spend $300 million, a year, you know, and, uh, and and have so much of a luxury tax. So I, I think it's more important for them to sign Springer and Bauer uh, than uh, than get Real Muto and miss out on one of those two. So just my feelings, uh, Pete. Yeah, I,
1: I, I'm not expecting a money waterfall from Steve Cohen. and McCann, I think, is a little bit younger, right?
0: No, he's, actually, he's actually nine months older than Real Muto.
1: Oh, okay. So, well, all right. So same difference, basically. Uh, neither one of them you're going to want around uh, after the next couple of years, right? As, right. A, as a catcher, they're going to be getting into the, the aging part of a catcher. Like but are both, gonna both cost 30, you, so right now. Yeah, they're both 30. So, you know, uh, it's going to cost you a little bit less money. And, yeah. you know, this is something of a drop-off. But I, I think you're right. They're looking at Alvarez as the future. Yeah. And uh, McCann will be a good a good way to uh, – I think uh, stopgap is the word to use. And I, I think that's that's a good – a good word for what he'll be and hopefully a good mentor and uh that's going to leave them more money to spend on some of those other positions so I, I think it's a good move but you can't spend you can't go out and get you know the most expensive biggest name at every position you know you, you can't kind of uh, i mean you can but he's you know he, he's yeah, not looking I mean, this is not this is He's not looking to lawn, you know he's not a drug lord. He's not looking <laughs> laundering money into a baseball he's team. He's not spending uh,
0: his entire eleven billion dollars on the Mets this yeah, year. so yeah. so he's he's yeah. gonna
1: spend, he's gonna he's gonna spend he's gonna, he's gonna spend uh, smartly right. uh, intelligently. and I, I think this is a this is a good move for them.
0: Real is looking for like a 150000000 and fifty million dollar uh, uh, contract, and that's just not it's not going to happen. And I don't think he's going to get that from anybody. To be honest with you, Grandal signed a uh, four year deal with the uh, with the White Sox for sixty, a little over 60, Um uh, 60, uh, 60 uh, But yeah. I don't, uh, and
1: we don't know when fans are coming back. You know when that revenue yeah, you, stream is going to return. I think We'd this... like to think what's going to be next year, but you know we don't yeah. know exactly you know how how fast the vaccine is going to be out and how effective it's going to be and there's other things that have to happen besides sure. the vaccine to to cut down on the the spread of the virus so uh you know you, again you, you don't want to be uh 150 million over the uh
0: no, over no, the no. cap I think that I think it's a I think it's a good move <laughs> even if it means a championship right I think it's a good
2: you move mean, and, you mean uh, you don't want to be holding on to an overpaid catcher who's uh <laughs> not living up to his value right no not no. at all no. I think McCann's a good defensive catcher. I think he's average at the plate. Um, I, I, I think, they, I, yeah, I, I think I, I think what he brings to this pitching staff, which you, I, I think the Mets, have, you know, have potential of having one of the best starting, uh, you know, rotations if they make a couple moves here. And I think he will. He's going to be a big part of that. So he's still going to be your everyday catcher. 30's not young, but it's not old. He's got a couple of years left in him for sure. Four year deal is
0: not a bad thing for
2: No, them. I think it's I think it's a good move. It's a safe move, and I, I, I think he's a good fit. I mean, I, I, I like him. I think he's a good catcher. Yeah, I do too.
0: I think it's a, I think it's a smart move. as long as they go out and they sign Springer and Bauer, uh, I think it's a smart move. <laughs> I mean they got you know, uh, and, and it's not to say that they're not. I mean they're they're uh, they're damn close with, with Springer too. Well they ba- Bauer is basically begging Steve Cohen to t- to sign him. So Well and the rumor uh, is, is that they're in the hunt for DJ. Uh, you know what? Uh, let, let, let's go over to the Yankees for a second. What? Uh, what? I know they. I know they have all their eggs in the DJ LeMahieu basket. Uh, you know, but I don't, think, I don't think
2: they have all their eggs in well, it. I just why, think that that's they, the obvious. Well,
0: let me ask you this: that, resigning that, for them, right? No, it, it is the obvious resigning for them. But let me. Uh, the reason I say that is, let me ask you this: um, Don't you think that the Yankees need to upgrade their their starting rotation?
2: Well, of course, and I think they're. I mean, they're obviously giving up on a couple people there. Right. Having said that though, I think DJ LeMay is one of th- two to three players on the Yankees that you, you want to do everything you possibly can to
0: keep. Sure. And I agree with that. But here's yeah. my, my point. Well, d- d- you're not gonna, mal- it
2: doesn't mean you're gonna get pitchers.
0: Oh, the I Yankees that. still
2: have money to get pitchers with and re-signing DJ. And I think Lemay is one of those guys who will re-sign to stay with the Yankees for a reasonable amount. Right. Um yeah I, I don't if it was hey you could get two top starters for DJ, then that's a different story. But there's no guarantee in that. And, right. and and the Yankees have proven reluctant other than last year to go out and really get a top starter. I mean, they got yeah. Garrett Colt, which worked out well. Obviously, sure. he's one of the top four or five starters in Major League Baseball, right. but he's not enough. And I think that they're trying to work through their what they currently have. I think there's something in the works there, pitcher-wise, but... If they could just resign DJ and get rid of some of the contracts that are hurting them, I think they're in a good position. I don't think they need a ton on the offensive side. They need pitching, yeah. but DJ LeMahieu would be a big loss. He'd be a big loss to this offense
0: if they don't resign him. He, yeah, he'd be a huge loss
2: because he's really one of the only guys who can play small ball on this right. whole team, and he's proven to be not only their most consistent hitter and highest hitter for average, he's their most clutch hitter, and. Uh, you know, a lot of the other big names on the Yankees have not, in my opinion, have not lived up to their billing. And LeMahieu was something, a signing that went under the radar to to a large degree. Okay. He's versatile. He's uh, he's he's a, a team guy. And he's obviously proved himself for two years now. So um, I, I would be really, really disappointed if the Yankees don't sign him because I think he's in some ways embodies the personality of where this team is going. Right. Um, other than Judge and, and, and you know, a few more of the other big names in that lineup, I'm, I'm okay with the rest of them going if they can get pitching. But LeMahieu's the one I'm not okay with going.
0: Right.
2: I, well, I, I,
1: it's, it's, it's keeping him going to, you know, prevent the Yankees from getting pitching? No. If the answer is no, then you sign him and bring him back.
2: But well, that's I mean, my point. Big,
1: well, right. What was a bigger problem for the Yankees last year, particularly in the playoffs? Was it their pitching or was it their offense?
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, that, that, and that's kind so, of
1: you know. Do you cool. want to remove uh, what is argu- arguably the the best cog in what makes? Uh, I, you know, I would say I run would
2: run. say the argument for the, the, the I would say the problem for the Yankees was scoring runs in a lot of ways. There. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. And their that's bullpen, and, and this vaulted bullpen, which everybody said was the best in Major League Baseball, could not outlast the other people, especially in in a COVID environment, in a bubble environment where they're playing every day right and yeah. and so yeah the yankees the yankees have a lot of pitchers that they can move to get other pitchers i don't think some i don't think there's a team that has a, a top notch starter or a, a drop dead closer that's going to be that it's going to be a straight trade for dj lemeau i just don't think there is
0: i you know what i i, I agree with what you said about the fact that uh signing resigning dj lemeau is not going to prevent them from getting uh more starting pitching but my question is they don't seem to be pursuing, uh, and granted, we don't know anything. Obviously, they can be pursuing all they want, but you know, nothing's been leaked. They don't haven't said anything or anything like that. Um, you know, it's it's almost as if, and and it's the air of uh, what it seems to be um, that they're they're um, waiting to to sign DJ Lemahieu before they make any other moves. So if that that could know. be
2: it. The Yankees were quiet when they signed Cole too, yeah. and they have not made big moves for pitching in the last four or five six years i mean they re-signed uh chapman which i thought was a mistake uh but other than that they really haven't made big big name moves where you're like all right that's yeah now they got now they got two top-notch starters right and it seems like with some of the contracts that are running out on some of their current pitchers they're kind of gonna let them go and uh, so that tells me that they're kind of waiting to see where where those guys go. And, and yeah, I think they're wait. And the Yankees' game plan, unless they're really going after one the, the top-notch free agent, I think they kind of wait and see what they can get. And I think it's about they might be looking more at quantity rather than overall quality. If they can get two three pitchers that are, that can fall into the rotation and do a good job. That's going to serve them way better than I think uh, losing their best offensive player for another right. yeah. potential. Well, and and also, ask,
1: where would you say, you know, Tanaka falls on their list as far as pitchers they want to bring back?
2: I, I don't know. Does he really want to go anywhere else? I think I think they're going to wait and see. It, you know, it, I it think it like not, they are. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think I think that's exactly right. I think they're going to wait and see if anybody else scoops him up, and if he goes anywhere else. If he's just still hanging around, then they'll then they'll they'll throw him a year, maybe yeah. two. Yeah. You yeah. know, that that kind of a thing. To, I, I yeah, I mean,
1: I, I can't think of anybody who'd be dying to bring Masahiro Tanaka in, mm. and certainly the, the Yankees have put yeah. up with his highs and lows.
2: Sure, so maybe that's really the frustration with Tanaka is that there's moments where you're like, all right, Napier. This guy's great, yeah. And he was the ace of the staff for a few years there. Sure, yeah. Uh, But he's been injured, and um, he's getting up there. And he hasn't been as consistent as you would want. But that's my whole point with starting pitchers. I mean, you can count on one hand the starting pitchers that have been really, really good and really, really consistent for two or three years in a row. And the Yankees have one of them. And they're not going to get two, three, four of the other – top five they're They're just not gonna it's not gonna happen
0: yeah so well we will see what happens uh things things are continuing to play out we'll report back next week we'll uh find out anything else going on with uh any other teams even uh in hot stove but that's pretty much where it stands at the moment things are starting to heat up winter meetings uh virtual winter meetings just started so we'll uh we expect more stuff by this time next week so we'll talk about it then oh Uh, uh,
1: by the way the nba starts in 13 days
0: and yeah, by the by the way the NBA starts ahead. in 13 days. Quick question uh on the Knicks, really quick. Uh is Knox a bust? We don't know yet. Um who who who, who uh who's who's What's
2: who's, a bust? I mean, I think he's I think he's I don't I'm not sure so sure he starts this year. I think he's still, you know, might be coming off the bench. Right. Um I I didn't have the as big of expectations as as everybody did. I, I didn't have as big of expectations with Knox as I did for Barrett.
0: Right. Um Well, Calipari said to give Knox time. You know, give yeah. him time. You know, he'll well, he'll get there. He's going to have plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so and, you know, it's uh, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, if you can't bust into the starting lineup on the Knicks, then as a first round draft pick, then maybe you're right. Maybe he's a bust. But I, I just didn't have as much.
1: It's it's tough to judge the NBA though. You really have to give guys years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know they really, really
1: have to, and, and they have to actually you know be playing and kind of. Knox is
2: team Knox team. is kind of a tweener, and he's not. You know it, he has it's it it comes down to whether or not he can really improve his his outside shooting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. You know. Yet yet another. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another not-so-big, not-so-small forward on the New York Knicks. Exactly. Lots of potential there, though. Lots of potential. Uh, I think they I do agree. have potential. They have potential if they can land a really uh, a superstar. To, because I think they have a good supporting team. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. I think they're going to be better than they were last year. And and they started to show some signs last year.
3: Yeah.
2: But, the, but the Knicks' game plan is really to give the young guys as much playing time as possible and they've cleared their cap space. So they're ready to sign somebody if somebody's willing to come to them. Who that's no. going to be? I don't know.
0: No, I mean even even Mitchell Robinson. I mean he's 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 been improving and you know he's working on his free throws and three-pointers and Thibodeau's obviously going to make him better on defense. He's a great yeah.
2: defensive player already and he's yeah. got, you know, I mean the, with him and Obi, they're they're going to really have some good off-ball defenders and they're long. Right. So I think the Knicks could be in the top five or six in the league in, sh- in shot blocks. Right. The problem with them is they're none of them are really natural defenders one on one, and they're not when they go up against a true center. What are they going to do rebound wise? And, and Mitchell Robinson's he, he broke the record for the highest field goal percentage in the history of the NBA. He did, yeah. but all he does is is you know dunk the ball and <laughs> uh, and and hit two foot jumpers. So uh,
0: we'll see. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have uh, we'll have a lot more on uh, the NBA next week uh, with the season starting just after uh, our show next week. So we'll talk uh, a little bit more about the NBA at that point. All right, folks, uh, that should wrap the show up for today. I want to thank everybody for watching. For those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Uh, Don't forget to visit our website, www.logroom.com. That's L-A-G-E-R-R-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logroom. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And for those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds, and you will never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Ciao.
3: Peace.